Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Naomi Kling. And I'm Max Hogan. On this week's show, we'll begin by taking a look at the latest headlines in startup news. Then we'll chat with student entrepreneur Drew Patel. He's the founder of Pollinate, a logistics startup, and just won $25,000 in a statewide pitch competition hosted by the University of Missouri Schools. After that, we'll check in with Nick Ward-Bopp, a Kansas City entrepreneur who has pivoted his business to make medical masks for hospitals and individuals during the COVID-19 pandemic. And finally, we will give you our digits, the numbers that matter in Missouri startup news. All right, Naomi, let's speak startup. Max, we're coming up on about four weeks now with our stay-at-home order in Columbia, honestly, for me, it's gone by a lot quicker than I thought it would. It really has. It really makes me think of, what are the first things you're going to do when you get out of quarantine? I think I am probably just going to go to a lot of restaurants. (laughs) I love eating out, and I um, I love just sitting down and having meals between classes, just going to Starbucks even. So I'll probably be doing a lot more of that and not taking it so much for granted. Absolutely. I think it's going to be nice to be able to go over to friends' and family's house and give them a hug instead of wave six feet apart from them. And I think eating out, like you said, and and just enjoying back to normal life will be so nice and refreshing. Yeah. You know, on Easter morning, my parents, who are in Seattle, they went over to my brother's apartment but they couldn't go in so they just left cookies for my brother on his on his doormat and had a conversation with him with him three stories up and them in the parking lot because they couldn't actually go in and talk to each other which was heartbreaking but also at the same time just really sweet a really sweet picture you know and a lot of people might think that's kind of an oddity or that's an unusual story but unfortunately that's kind of the way life is and so it makes you really think about what post-quarantine is going to look like not only with our personal lives but in business as well and you know max that actually brings us into our first headline In the first quarter of the year, St. Louis venture capital investment increased by more than $100 million compared to the first quarter of last year. That's according to a new report from PitchBook and the National Venture Capital Association. PitchBook tracked 13 deals worth about $113 million in the first three months of the year. While the first quarter growth was promising, the report makes it clear that a slowdown is guaranteed in venture capital funding due to the novel coronavirus. In addition, startup support organizations in the state are voicing concerns about proposed funding cuts for the Missouri Technology Corporation. The concerns stem from Governor Mike Parson announcing plans earlier this month to freeze nearly $3 million of state's funding for the MTC, which is a private-public partnership that supports tech startups in the state. Springfield's eFactory issued a statement this week opposing a plan that would require organizations like the E-Factory to pay back MTC funds that they have already spent this year. The E-Factory said having to pay back already spent funds would be, quote, devastating to our programs. 
Meanwhile, in Kansas City, the education technology platform Bottle announced earlier this week that it received $100,000 in new funding from AT&T. Bottle participated in an AT&T accelerator program last year and had already received $150,000 from the company. Now, AT&T is kicking in more to help Bottle ramp up its remote learning offerings. In recent weeks, the web-based platform has seen an increase of over 25,000 users, leading Bottle to try expanding into the App Store. Also in Kansas City, a startup has generated more revenue in the first quarter of this year than it did in all of last year combined by helping companies in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. The company Epigraph makes photorealistic images and products using CGI without having to physically take pictures of the product. This also means images can be made before a product is manufactured, which is helping businesses continue their work remotely. Alright Naomi, on Thursday, the final pitch event for the University of Missouri System's Entrepreneur Quest Student Accelerator took place. Okay, okay, what is that? It's a competition for student entrepreneurs from the four schools of the University of Missouri System, Mizzou, Missouri S&T, UMKC, and UMSL. These students have spent the spring semester preparing for a pitch contest where they competed for a share of $150,000. $150,000 is a lot of money, especially for a student. It is, and Drew Patel, a University of Missouri sophomore, was the big winner. He won a total of $25,000 for pitching his startup, Pollinate. So what exactly then is Pollinate? That's a good question. It's a tech startup developing software designed to facilitate better packaging delivery for e-commerce companies. Huh. Our Reagan Loftus caught up with Patel after his win in the pitch competition to learn more about his startup. Hi Drew, thanks for joining me today. Can you tell me a little bit about what you won in this competition and what you plan to use the money for? Yeah, so in total I've won 10000 from the Missouri EQ level and then um, uh, 15000 from the system level, so that's 25000 Combine that with the $50,000 grant we're getting from um, EOS blockchain VC. So that's $75,000 we have um, equity free that we've raised for the company. What we're planning to do is use uh, quite a bit of that money to do the pilot in um, Kenya and see how it goes. So we're going to pilot in downtown Nairobi, um, bring drivers, uh, get some drivers onto the platform and start doing some deliveries for Jumia, which is the largest e-commerce platform in Africa. Um, and my company is Pollinate, a simple organized package delivery network for emerging economies. Can you tell me a little bit more about your company and what you do? We built a better package delivery system for Africa, a simple organized package delivery system for emerging economies. First, we're starting with um, Kenya and then uh, other countries in Eastern Africa like Rwanda. But what we do is we help organize package delivery. So we provide one platform for all these little scattered fragmented delivery companies that are contracted um, to operate on. So under this, on this one platform, they're able to source all these packages. Um, they're able to have a unified tracking system. They don't have to develop. So we can, anyone in the entire supply chain can know exactly where a package is. And then the second part of our uh, secret sauce is these last, uh, these street stalls. So in a lot of emerging economies, you have street stalls at the corner of pretty much every neighborhood. And 
the purpose of these is to allow for daily shopping for things like milk, uh, snacks, uh, food items. Um, and about 80% of Kenyans shop at their street stalls every day. Uh, that's where they do most of their daily shopping. And because of that, the street stall vendor knows their face, knows their name, knows exactly where they live, where they live uh, their schedule, the whole nine. So these are the perfect people to actually do the last mile. The package comes in, is dropped off at these street stalls, and then the person come walk over to the street stall, which is like two minutes away from them, pick up their package. With the EQ competition being online, how do you think that affected you and how you pitched? I think I thrive in an environment where it's live, where it's um, you don't have multiple retries. So on the on the school level, we were, what we did was we recorded our pitches, and then we sent them off which means that we can stop a recording, uh, redo it, stop, redo it. And so a lot of people get like the perfect pitch down when in like real pitches, it's you have one chance to do it in front of a live audience. How do you think the overall competition was affected with it being online? This year, because the program is more mature, it's more structured. And because it's more structured and they know like the, the path to follow, they're, they're able to focus time onto actually like shifting, the, uh, shifting everything online. The nice thing was that the the end of our program uh, at Mizzou uh, lined up right when everything went online. So we really didn't miss any content uh, there. So it was just the pitching that was online. And I mean, it wasn't that bad. So I think online or in, uh, in person, there wasn't much a difference. I think the program and the outcomes probably would have been the same. What are some of the things you do to prepare for this kind of competition? My mindset always uh, when I do these things is like a, a very competitive mindset. Um, and that's how you treat it. You have to treat it like you're, you're about to win. It's, it's like a fight, uh, even though it's not an actual physical fight. You just need to beat, the, beat these other companies, show how you're the better company among all of them, which is not, I don't know if the right thing to say, but like, that's how you have to treat it mentally. You have to be like, this is a fight. Uh, this is like a sport. You, you, have, you have to beat the other team and you got to make sure your head's in the right place to do that. I know this is your second year competing. How did you get involved with this program? Yeah, so I learned about it actually uh, my freshman year, so last year. Um, they were passing out flyers, like win $30,000. I was part of like the, I was part of the entrepreneurship club and they were passing the flyers out. I caught one, I was like, sure, I'll apply. And then, so I did that. Um, and then last year I had a different company I was working I was working on. So that's how I got into it. And then I just redid the program this year because I knew all the people that were running it. Well, again, thank you, Drew, for joining me today and congratulations on your win. Yeah, no problem. And now we get the chance to learn a little bit more about a Kansas City entrepreneur who is helping protect the front lines of the coronavirus pandemic. That's right. Nick Wardbop co-founded Maker Village KC, a studio space, in 2013. A couple years later, he became a facilitator for the makerspace at Johnson County Library. A makerspace? Yeah. It's a place where creators and makers can, well, make things. This one has software for 3D printing, sewing, and audiovisual work that is open for anyone to use completely for free. So how is the makerspace being used to help the coronavirus pandemic? Ward Bob and some others decided to come together in mid-March and work with medical professionals in the area to 3D print and sew medical-grade personal protective equipment. Huh, interesting. And they're providing that protective gear to local hospitals. 
Missouri Business Alert reporter Isabel Robles spoke with Wartbop about the efforts to help. I understand that you graduated from college in 2009 and the job market was not looking too great, um, as you've said, um, but that it eventually led to the creation of Maker Village KC a few years down the line. Is, is that correct? Yeah. Um, you know, we were in the midst of a recession at, at that point, not as bad as what it's looking right now um, in, in the job market. But, you know, a lot of the jobs that I thought I was, you know, um, preparing myself for in, in college just weren't there when so I, I was wor- working in odd jobs where I was usually in an office environment and kind of left there and was like, man, I have tons of energy and I want to, you know, learn how to, you know, do woodworking. I want to learn how to do construction. I want to learn how to do metalworking. Um, and kind of fixing up this old building um, kind of let us learn about the maker movement in general. Um, you know, how to how to fix something, how to make something, and then you know. Um, through that process, I've kind of learned about maker spaces and community wooden metal shops and hacker spaces and thought it would be really cool to open up a community workshop kind of in Midtown, Kansas City. There wasn't one there. Um, there were others kind of out in the suburbs and other areas that maybe uh, kind of were their own niche, um, had their own um, kind of demographic or clientele that they were they were serving. but. Um, not just kind of general wood and, and metalworking in the Midtown area. Um, and over five, six year period, kind of the idea and business plan and uh, kind of what we would do kind of coalesced. And um, now we you know have a maker space. Um, we have uh, classes, we have memberships. Um, and then half of the building is actually rented out to a female artist collective where they have 20 some members um, so you know that's not what we set out to do originally um, but we uh, learned so much about what people wanted and um, were kind of reactive to that and, and also tried to stay true to skills were and our interests were and our strengths um, were and so you know it's been been a really fun journey kind of a second venture started when you um, became a facilitator in 2015 with black and veach um, at the maker space at johnson county library so can you tell me a little bit more about how that began and library maker spaces are, are are starting to pop up um all over the country there's not many in the uh, kansas and missouri state area um but there, there are several, and um, really the needs coming out of, um, you know, there's a digital divide. Um, there's people who have access to internet and um, basic services um, that go along with internet. Um, so a library, you know, for the last 20 years has been a, a hub for, you know, giving people who don't have internet access at home a place to, you know, find online resources. Um, do all sorts of things uh, because of that. And, you know, the makerspace um, with uh, 3D printing, 3D modeling, um, you know, having access to vector drawing software, uh, 3D modeling software, um, audio and video editing software, you know, those are, you know, really expensive programs uh, that that require powerful machines to run them. and, you know, a lot of people just don't have access to that. Maybe never had access to it in school. Um, maybe are trying to re-enter the workforce and are trying to learn some new skills. Um, maybe trying to, you know, use the equipment 
to fix stuff around the house. So they uh, renovated the library, opened up an almost 2,000 square foot facility with um, a bunch of awesome equipment and uh, Meredith and I, so we have laser cutters, 3D printers, vinyl cutters, sewing machines, sound booth, green room, um, lots of stuff. It's free to the public, which is really cool. You don't even need a library card. So um, it's fun to be able to help people just walking in off the street versus Maker Village. It's more, a little bit more, you know, you have to pay uh, to, to get access. So it's really cool to be able to work on a library where anybody can have access to it and have that big institution, institutional backing to um, kind of lower the, the barriers to the Maker Movement. I heard um, through Missouri SourceLink that you have been able to work on some masks in the makerspace, um, kind of inspired by your wife's work as a nurse. Could you tell me some more about that? Yeah, so this is, you know, I, I kind of live in two worlds. I've been talking about Maker Village uh, up until this point, right? as the coronavirus kind of started to hit Italy and Spain and New York and Oregon. We saw um, requests coming in and, and people asking if they can utilize the makerspace to uh, make PPE or personal protective equipment. Um, simultaneously, we, you know, we're a part of other makerspace groups kind of wor worldwide, and we saw you know, kind of open source uh, designs coming out. So we started prototyping the open source designs. We started um, kind of giving those to our counterpart in the county uh, outside of uh, Kansas City and Johnson County um, to take those to first responders and hospitals to see if those prototypes uh, can, can be sanitized or durable enough for what they're doing. And um, once we got the green light from them, we have been 3D printing, laser cutting, and, and um, also sewing PPE. So, it's been really fun to be a part of that. I have a sewing machine at home, so I'm, I'm sewing masks at home. And then when I'm here in the makerspace at the library, I'm fixing 3D printers that are printing the hardware for face shields and you know, cutting elastic and attaching it to the face shields. And, and you know, on the from the maker side, uh, you know, at the library, you know, this is what we do every day. People come in with a challenge. You know, come in with an idea, come in with, you know, something that, that has been, you know, kind of an obstacle for them. And, and we kind of help troubleshoot and, and prototype and, and iterate on ideas to, to solve the problem. So, um, you know, this is, we are, you know, normally just helping people with those problems every day. And this one's just kind of a little bit more focused and a little bit also more worldwide. So, you know, we, uh, it, it, it's, it oddly does not feel abnormal to do what we're doing right now, just because we are used to doing so many different things and, and, and trying to help people solve problems. Uh, this is just kind of in our wheelhouse. what it's time for it's time for us to give you our digits the numbers that matter in missouri startup news all right this week my digit is 350 billion dollars i think i've heard that digit recently you're talking about the small business administration fund right yes i am 
That was the amount allocated to the Small Business Relief Fund, but that fund has already been exhausted. Congress hasn't reached a deal on additional relief money, and small businesses must wait at least another week before Congress can next convene to make a decision. While members of Congress are reportedly considering allocating another $250 billion to the fund, which includes the Paycheck Protection Program, Democrats are hesitant to agree without similar aid to hospitals and local governments. What's your digit, Naomi? My digit this week is $320 million. What's that number? That's how much St. Louis IT service provider TierPoint has closed on in preferred equity investments. TierPoint provides IT infrastructure services, including data center and cloud services. The fund will be used to help bolster its growth and pay off its loans. So then that's just about a wrap. But before we get out of here, we need a closing thought. We have one from Nick Wardbop, the co-founder of Maker Village KC. He has some advice about taking advice as an entrepreneur. Take advice with a, a grain of salt. Um, and, and when I was in uh, grad school, you know, studying entrepreneurship, studying maker spaces, you know, um, all over the world, you know, um, and learning about business models of maker spaces, I, I had it just drilled into me from mentor after mentor, don't buy your building. You know, that was like, everybody was like, focus on, um, focus on what you want to do, just lease. And, um, that turned out to be the worst advice ever. And, and I, you know, I'm so glad that we did not listen to that advice and our mortgage is about to be able to be paid off. Um, and we're going to have so much less overhead because of that. Um, so, you know, the greatest piece of advice that I've ever gotten is, you know, take other people's advice with a grain of salt. They're just regurgitating things that they've read or heard mm -hmm. that is not useful information for you and your ID. And that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Naomi Kling and me, Max Hogan. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next time. like my little like musical out cues that i do don't actually sound anything like the music that's used <laughs> not at all like there's a lot of drums in the music and mine's just, mine are just like doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> the view the the um listeners can't hear it because it's all in our um it's all in the process <laughs>